drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Trumbier, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. Pour yourself a glass, would you? Drink it in, man. Pour yourself a big old glass, that Honolulu blue flavored Kool-Aid. We are here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast today here on a Wednesday. It's your host, Eric Okri, and we're coming off the NFL draft, my favorite event of the sporting calendar, as well as a huge few days for the Detroit Lions. I mean, we're going to get into a ton here on this show We've got the players. I'll talk about each one of them. A lot of you probably heard my round one review where I talked about the Penny Sewell pick. I told you some targets I had for the Detroit Lions, but I haven't been back on the microphone since. I've been tweeting things out. I put a lot of hard work in in the DTO scouting office, but we are here on a Wednesday going solo here on this show to review the draft, as you guys know, my favorite event. So we'll get into the players. We'll talk about the grades that the Lions got across the board. I got a little bit of a rant here on the show, and it's about mancations. You know about people saying they do staycations? Well, I got a little bit of a rant about some mancations that I need all of us men out there to man up and, and actually enjoy ourselves from time to time during the calendar year. So you'll get that during the show. That should be entertaining. As well as I want to finish the show talking about this regime, the Brad Holmes, Dan freaking Campbell regime that is just full of excitement. I think they really hit a home run in this draft. Got players that are going to be foundation pieces as well as people. You got to be excited. I mean, they have not made very questionable moves. Everybody seems excited. I think they're really putting this roster together well. So we'll be serving up that and plenty more. Uh, glasses of Kool-Aid here on the show today. You know how we do. Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in, man. <laughs> Side of cornbread, everybody. Cornbread! So l- let's not fool around. Let's get right into this right now. So when we're talking about the players that the Lions obtained, again, I already spent time on Penny Sewell, but I'm going to go back to him again because the more and more I think about it, the Lions were so fortunate this guy fell to seven. He's a great kid. He has a great family. He's crazy young. He's at one of those foundation pieces. We always talk about him. Left tackle, right tackle, defensive end, cornerback, um, quarterback, obviously, and then sometimes a dominant number one type receiver. Those are kind of the main positions that I call premier in 2021 in the National Football League. Now, I know that back in the day, you had to have a big old running back, big old middle linebacker, you know, things like that. I just don't think that's the case. So if you if you can figure out your tackles, your quarterback, get people to rush the quarterback, 
um, you're sitting good. So Penny Sewell is going to be a foundation piece. Probably start him on the right side. But like I put out on Twitter, you can find me at Derek Oakry. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. I am not opposed if he's just better or if they just think it's a better long-term play to put him at the left side. Because I'm pretty sure because Taylor Decker got his aid that he would not mind going to the right side and playing right tackle as well. He's a team guy. I'm sure he could figure it out just as well as Penny Sewell could figure it out. But I, I definitely think they'll put him on the right side. I think he's going to be physical. He's going to be dominant. And if you haven't, I told you last time to go watch some tape on this guy. When they throw a, a flare screen to St. Brown, our new uh, slot receiver who we'll get to in a bit, Penny Sewell is going to be peeling out there looking to take somebody's head off, which I can't wait to see. When, when they throw a little flip screen to DeAndre Swift, remember those those plays back in the day where Rick Wagner was out there trying to run down and make a block on a screen and he would just whiff on everybody every time? Remember way back in the day when I started to be a Lions fan and Dominic Raviola would, would be running down looking to block someone instead would just slide to the ground and not take anybody out? Yeah, that's not going to happen anymore because Penny Sewell is unbelievable with his feet, his speed, his ability. There's going to be times where it doesn't look pretty. There's going to be times where you're like, wow, he looked a little bit off balance. But what he does, he gets the job done because he's bigger and more physical than most people. And he's only going to get better with time. So I love this pick on so many levels. I have no problem with how fired up Brad Holmes was. That type of energy was incredible. If you missed it recently, I tweeted out um, exclusive footage of Brad Holmes uh, grabbing Rod Wood in celebration and throwing him through a place plate glass window circa Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon back at the King of the Ring back in the day. I mean, I loved how Brad Holmes just ragdolled uh, Rod Wood all around the office after that pick. He almost broke his little table. A pen almost flew up through his eye if he didn't have his cool glasses on, the see-through uh, <laughs> clear glass frames. I mean, you, you gotta be a boss to rock those. You know what I'm saying? Like, Brad Holmes continues to just show me more and more that he's intelligent, smart, he's aggressive, he's got some moxie and some personality to him, and he knows football, he knows who to take. So Penny Sewell was tremendous. I I gave you guys some targets. The Lions passed on those targets in round two. They didn't take Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa from uh, Notre Dame, the crazy linebacker safety that could fly around. They didn't take Trayvon Merrick, the safety from TCU, um, there was plenty of players that dropped to the Lions that they passed on. But they took Levi Onsarike, and, I mean, I got to tell you, like, this guy wasn't in many of my mocks. I knew he was top in the defensive tackle category, but it wasn't a guy that I took off, and it wasn't a guy that I had on my radar. This has been known to happen in the drafts. A guy that I either don't like or don't spend a ton of time on or don't think the Lions will pit, will be targeting. And sure enough, they take him. And the more you go and watch the kid, he can play he can play over the nose. He can play three technique. He can play five. He can rush the passer. He can eat up blocks. He can, he can sack you. Um, he's got a low, very low missed tackle rate. I mean, he gets your hands on you. You're going down. Um, he He's just a really good piece up front now what I'm trying to figure out is how good how good can Levi be is this going to be a guy like early in his rookie year where he's jumping off the screen on Sundays where we're just like 
Look at look at Levi. Like you, you know everybody out there. I'm only going to really say his last name a couple times. I want to limit it. I, I was uh, recently recording with Benny Blades, and we got into some big arguments about nicknames and what we need to call people. So you got to check that out if you're listening to this on Wednesday. Remember, Thursday morning drops Believe in Lions. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V in Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network. Man, me and Benny Blades got after each other and had some fun on this week's show, as we always do. But uh, we we're talking nicknames, and I was like, you know, I know we always go with like initials and whatnot, but but low sounds pretty good. L O, um, and, and like I said, he he played at Washington, so it could be L O W low. I mean, uh, there's there's plenty of ways you could go with it. I'll see if something else, maybe something else, will jump out to me about what we could call this guy. Or once he gets on the football field, maybe he'll earn a a crazy fun nickname. But for now, low. I I love what this kid brings. I mean, his first press conference, he was dropping F-bombs. He was telling people he was going to mess some bleep up. He was ready to play football right then. He seemed to have this really crazy, personable attitude, laid back, but also, obviously, football intensity that I loved. I was just like, man, I, I wonder what would happen when they put flowers, low, uh, you know, Michael Brockers, and and then you have edge rushers of like the Okara boys. You you mix in Sean Hand. You've got Panasini still in the mix in there. You've got Big Nick Wood. Like, there's a lot of bodies up there. A lot of big bodies that I think are going to try to move some other people off the football, which would be fun to see. So, I am I'm very happy to have Low. I I, th- I think uh, Levi's going to do some work. I think this is a kid that. He's a little bit. Uh, he got that chip on his shoulder. He's a. He's a. You know, it, I'm not always a big fan of defensive tackles. There's times where I'm like, oh man, a defensive tackle is just kind of like a big body in the middle. It's sort of holding point of attack. It's the edge rushers on the outside, or it's, you know, it's these other positions that are most important. But I mean, I don't think so. Like the way that Brad Holmes is attacking this, as well as when you really think about it, if you get those disruptors, which again. I got to change my thinking because Matt Patricia, Matt Pat came in here and got a bunch of slugs in the middle, people that were just supposed to hold the point of attack, stand in there, eat up blocks. Like, we're getting back to like the Jim Schwartz days where it was like, go kill the quarterback, and if you find the ball carrier on the way, congratulations. That was fun to watch. And I feel like Levi is going to do that. And here's my swing pick of this draft coming up here. Uh, in the third round at well, – where did they take this kid? 308 at pick 72 overall. Aleem McNeil, and I believe that's with two L's, everybody. McNeil, this kid is 330-some pounds, and you're thinking, ah, there it is, nose tack. No. This kid, he can play in the middle of your defense in the front line, but I'm not calling this kid a nose tackle. No. This guy's a penetrating defensive tackle. And let me tell you, most of you guys probably know. Baseball background. And no, he wasn't the catcher. <laughs> or or uh, first baseman. No. This guy played the outfield. He's running down balls left and right. And he could also hit it. Like, this guy, I know that's the sport we shall not speak of. But it shows his athleticism, okay? <laughs> Mr. McNeil used to play running back and linebacker in high school. Did not play DT until college. <laughs> this guy, like I said, 
He wears 330 pounds well, and by that, I mean he's got a big old gut. He's got a big old backside, and when he lays the lumber on you, when you watch his highlights, he lays it on you like Nick Fairley used to do, where he's coming to hit you and then drop the weight on you. He's coming to hit you and slide up off you and get up and start dancing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) McNeil has got some swagger to him. There's a play, obviously, on tape. Some of you have seen it, where he's, like, triple-teamed, yet he somehow gets away from that. Then he eyes the quarterback, follows the quarterback. Then he jumps up, knocks a ball down. The quarterback throws, catches it in the air, and scampers in with the the fancy feet, the uh, prancing and dancing and that he can do with these quick feet of his and scores a touchdown. So, I mean, was McNeil my favorite player at that point in the draft? No. Was he a guy that was really on my radar, uh, top of my radar, a guy took him a lot of mock drafts? No, I don't think I ever took him. Do it? Did I know he was sort of in that upper mix by a lot of experts, quote-unquote, at the D-tackle position? Yes. Did, did I think we needed two defensive tackles back-to-back in rounds two and top of round three? No. But now that it's done and I look at it, am I excited to have two big, nasty personalities, bodies, and guys that can also uh, get up the football field, get around people, and, and attack the quarterback, running back, and just disrupt the other team's offensive line? Yeah, that fires me up. That really does. That gets me real excited. So... I'm loving McNeil. I mean, I I think he's either going to be way better than advertised or possibly disappoint, but I'm obviously hoping for the former, you know, serving up and drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid on on Mr. McNeil. Drink it in, man. So so drink that in. I think this kid can, if he can move the way I think he can move and if he can attack the quarterback and they can put him in spots to do more than just anchor – uh, on that D line, it's gonna be fun to watch. It really is, and and they're gonna be fun to watch because the other guys we already have. Like he sort of came in where offensive and defensive line is where we had the most bodies and kind of the most depth and most production. I know we didn't get many sacks, but we we still had coming in. Like I already named them off, all the guys that we had, plus these outside linebackers that rushed the quarterback. They were just used horribly by the numbskull that we had as a you know the rocket scientist that either made it too difficult or doesn't know how to add 2 plus 2 because he couldn't put a defensive scheme together to save his life towards the end of his tenure with the Detroit Lions. So I'm pretty sure Dan Campbell is going to go, hey, Levi, go go kill the quarterback. Hey, big fella. Hey, McNeil, go eat somebody on the on the way to the backfield and let me know how it goes. Like They're not going to make it hard on these guys and Flowers and Aquara and Hand. I think you're going to see much better play out of them. And that's got me really excited. So those were the first three picks. No, no fancy receivers, no tight ends, no none of these fringe type football players. Beef, big right tackle, big old defensive end interior type player in Levi. Big old interior defensive tackle that can also get after you in the run in the pass game in Mr. McNeil. Now, later in the third round, the Lions took what I think was a tremendous value pick. Big time upside with this kid. This kid was supposed to go probably more so in round two, middle of round two. Here he is at the bottom of round three, 212 plus pounds. One of the better names in the draft, which again, I can't pronounce very well. 
but I know how to say his last name because I loved his brother who actually was a bumski in the NFL after he got taken, but I loved them coming out. One of the misses that I've had along the way, there's been there's been multiple, but I've also had some tremendous hits, <clears throat> DK Metcalf and others. So with with the late third pick, what was this? 338 pick 101. They took Iffy Melafonwu. Now, Melifonwu is a fun name to say. I mean, we're going to go with Iffy because that's what Brad Holmes called him, and I think it's kind of a cool name. You know what I mean? I think it's got got some swagger to it. I think it's got a cool little draw. I'm sure he might, you know, he's got some other parts of his name. I think there's going to be a better nickname, especially because of his length, the way this guy plays the football. Now, I'm looking at our depth chart. You got A.O. I mean, you guys know him from the show, right? A-O. Oh, baby! Yeah, that guy. A.O. And you got Mr. Okuda on the far side, which Benny Blades got after him multiple times last year because he just did not play up to par. But they didn't cut him loose. So I feel like Mr. Okuda, as well as A.O. Oh, baby! <laughs> I, I mean, that's the soundbite. It's going to be, oh, baby, all year from both of those guys. So I, I do feel like those are your two starting corners. Obviously, uh, Jeff Okuda has that top pedigree, that number three overall pick where you want to see a huge leap from him. But don't forget about AO because he was a second round type talent to me in that draft and dropped to the fifth. I mean, this guy too is like 6'1, long arms, um, tie his shoes standing up type of guy. Like, he's had flashes. He just wasn't consistent enough in that absolute atrocity of a defense I talked about earlier. So, Okuda, AO, Corn Elder in the slot. You know, Mike Ford may play slaughter outside. And then you got. Um, you got our, our our boy from Seattle, uh, that's in here too. What? Why? Why is this name escaping me? Hold on a second. I had to get up and check the old depth chart. Dunbar. We got Dunbar from Seattle there. Yeah, like Quinn Dunbar is a ball player too. It, it might be him and and Mr. Okuda on the outside and push all these other guys down a pick. But Ify Melifonwu is going to make plays. He's going to be fun to watch. The length, the athleticism, 42-inch vertical, the ability to change directions. I feel like this is a guy adds another outside corner, which the Lions have never really invested highly in corners. If you look at some of the better teams, they have went out and got multiple corners so that when injuries hit, you still have corners. The Lions have never taken corners. When they do take one, they don't have anyone else on the roster. So if that guy or if anyone else gets dinged up, you're putting out you know ads at the local newspaper or down at the old bowling alley trying to find somebody that can cover somebody. We've seen how that's worked out. Not so well. So if he Melifonwu is a hell of a pick. At 101 overall, no way he should have been there. Tremendous pick. Love the athleticism. Love what he can do. And even if he's marginal at best to start, that's just another body that can cover. And we couldn't cover anyone the past two years here in Detroit. So I'm loving that. Let's keep this thing moving. I feel like I'm on a little bit of a roll. We'll get through these. And maybe I'll do my rant before we take our commercial break. So at 407, no, let's do this. 
I, I still got more people to talk about. It's going to take me some time. Let me get my rant in. I'm going to come back to these and we'll talk about grades and I'll finish out the show that way. So, so here's my rant. And this is about mancations. And, and here's the thing. I, I'm so sick of everybody out there acting like, I'm too busy. I don't have time. That's not important. I don't like... It's just like... Everybody understands that we're all busy. We all have lives. We have our work life. We have family and friends and kids and house. Like, got all that. I get it. Everybody has that. Everybody has a different setup. But I'm so sick of my boys, my friends, my uncles, family, whoever, not pouring into things they love. And one thing that every dude needs in his life is a mancation once or twice a year. That's when you literally set up a fun thing to do, either by yourself, with your boys, your friend, and you're just like, hey, this isn't like, hey, come to the house and have dinner. This isn't like, hey, you know, give me a couple hours to go downstairs and watch the game in the mancation. No. I'm talking mancation about putting your foot down, people, and being, and I'm talking to the dudes mostly out there, and being like, hey, I'm taking this time off, I'm doing this, I'm going here, and I'm going to enjoy myself. And when I come back, I'm going to be back to my regular life. Because the last few years, probably the last, like, what, two to four years, somewhere in that range, like, I've done this with the NFL draft because I love the draft so much. I've taken time off work. I've actually, um, you know, taken the old DTO scouting office and set up shop at like a crazy cool hotel. I've uh, obviously pimped out my office here when the draft rolls around. And I just drink it in. Where, where's the sound bite, everybody? Drink it in. Uh... I drink in the NFL draft. Why? Because I like the NFL draft. It's one of the things I enjoy during the year. I don't make excuses for it. I don't explain it away. Oh, I've got my work. Yeah, I've got all those other things too, which I do every other time of the year. I do those every other day of my life. But for two days, I ensconce myself in the NFL draft. I get food. I probably gain 10 pounds during this draft. I eat. I enjoy. I laugh. I work my draft boards. I call my buddies. I tweet it out. I just enjoy. And then I go back to the daily grind that we do. Now, I know a lot of you out there got four or five kids, a mortgage. You're working these crazy big jobs. You're thinking, well, I got all this stuff is so important. If it's so important that you can't put something on pause for a day, two days, uh, whatever, just to exclusively enjoy something you like, there's a problem there. And I'm here to give you some mancation ideas if you think that you're either too cool or don't have time or you're just so important you can't do these. You're going to tell me these don't sound good? If you love golf... I hate golf. Golf sucks. Why do I want to pay a bunch of money to be horrible and not be able to hit a golf ball? I don't. But I know some of you are decently good at golf and you enjoy golf. Here's a mancation for you. Take you and your boys and go down to the Masters one year and drink that in a little bit. Go down there with the patrons. Go down there with your white crispy shorts and your your polo and a a couple dull beverages and drink that in. Drink it in. uh... That'd be fun, right? But you actually have to plan, pace some money and actually um you know tell the wife and kids hey i'm gonna be gone for two days but after those two days i'll come back and do whatever the hell you want me to do there's one another one you like you like college hoops you're a college hoops guy final four load up go to indy go wherever hit up the final four one year and just drink it in drink it in 
are you a, are you old school wrestling fan from like the 80s or 90s? Do you just love wrestling, but you don't want to admit it because everybody makes fun of you or your wife told you you can't watch that anymore? Or why would you still enjoy that? But you actually enjoy it. Well, get up off your ass and like open that wallet of yours and and go down to a WrestleMania one year and just enjoy it with all the other people that love that. Is that so wrong? Can, can we not take a day or two out of our lives to enjoy some of the things we enjoy and not be uh, making all these excuses about how important we are, or how busy or how like it's going to ruin our lives? No, it's actually going to make your life better. You just don't know it because you never do it. Man, this this is a good rant. I got more to do. You love fantasy football like I love fantasy football. I'm in all these leagues. I do all this. T- take a year. And take a take your draft day, and instead of doing it, you know, in between dinner and when you got to tuck the kids into bed, you know, get a get it. Like I said, get a fancy swanky hotel, make that your draft room. Maybe even go suited and booted on draft day, and just enjoy your draft with your buddies. Like uh, kick back, and then when you're done with that, go hit the go hit the hotel pool and go get a couple cold ones. Like just just do it up big. Because it's one half a day of your life and then go back to the normal runaround that we all do all the time. I got, a few, I got a few more here. So the draft, you should soak in. You know, everybody, every dude on their bucket list should be go to a Super Bowl. You should wait till your team makes it and then pay whatever it costs, whatever it takes to get your get your butt to a Super Bowl when your team is there. That that When the Lions are in the Super Bowl, I will be there. Mark my words. I will find a way to get not only there, but in the stadium. Whatever I have to pay, whatever I have to do, I will be there. Um, you, you like horse racing? Go to the Kentucky Derby. Wear a white, crispy uh, seersucker suit. Put a dumbass hat on, you know, and enjoy yourself. <laughs> like, bet all your money that you don't have or that you, you think you got to go towards your next bill payment. And just enjoy yourself for a couple days there. I mean, there, there's so many of them. Like, you know, a couple years ago, I was able to go to the game. Yeah, that, that that's those Michigan Wolverines. You know who that is. The winningest program in all of college football. I finally got tickets to the game against that team down south. I went. I had the time of my life tailgate. I was all fired up. And then my Wolverine scored the first touchdown and then didn't score another touchdown the whole game, got beat by 40. It was a horrible game to be at, but it was so fun because I just said, I'm going, finally. I'm not just going to watch it on my TV and save a couple extra pennies. I'm going to go and enjoy myself, and it was tremendous. Uh, Monday Night Football, if you haven't been to a Monday Night Football game, get yourself to a primetime game. Or if you love football, that sport we shall not speak of, NBA hoops, um, hockey, whatever it may be, go to a road game. Go to another fun city. We got Chicago close to us here in Michigan. You know, I I might be heading down to Hotlanta before you know it to live there. Go over to, like... uh, Go go to the West Coast, go to L.A. if you want, go to Vegas, wherever you got to go. Go to a road game, wear your colors, whoop it up with the other fans, be the heel when you get in the stadium and, and have everyone hate you, and just love a game on the road where you're cheering for your favorite team. I mean, I know there's some people out there listening who live in other cities. If you love live in other cities, but you love the Lions and you listen to this podcast, you need to be going to that other team's games when the Lions come there and having the time of your life. You can't be uh, trying to save you know $120 and staying home when you could be at that game having a bunch of fun. So 
I got to take a breath, but that's my rant. My rant is stop making excuses. Stop being like, oh, my kids, are, your kids are going to be there. Don't be like, oh, like, I need this, you know, extra 50 bucks when you know you go buy an $18 latte five times a week when you head to work every day. Don't tell me you don't have time or money when you're driving like a $50,000, $60,000 car that you don't need. You got a house that's three times too big and you can't enjoy yourself twice a year at max. This is what I'm saying. This is for some of my friends that are out there listening. I don't want to hang out with you that much. But once a year, once every two years, twice a year on a good time, can we get together and laugh it up or maybe actually spend some money and go do something that's actually a memory rather than just uh, come over and watch a game for two hours together? That's fun. I don't care if you're 55, 60 years old, I don't care if you're in your mid-30s, I don't care if you're 18 to 20-some years old coming out of college. Make this a point to have a mancation, create time in your life to enjoy, don't apologize for it, and also, you have to plan and you have to pay to have these type of moments. But I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy them later. Remember when we went to that concert? Remember when we went all the way down to that game and our team won in overtime? Remember when I hadn't seen my boy in forever and we finally made time and got together and we had fun? We laughed. We remember why we were such good friends. And then, oh, by the way, we went back to our job we don't like. We went back to our kids that we like. We went back to our wife, which we adore. We went back to the house that we pay so much for. We got back in our fancy car and life was still the same. It didn't fall apart. All you did was enjoy it for a few days. That's my challenge to everybody. So like I said, I could do this rant every day, all day, because it's something I truly believe in and it's something that once I finally got in my head to sort of enjoy the things I enjoy, don't apologize for it, as well as still be a responsible human being, which is uh, work, family, friends, expenses, all the things that I still cover as well. But man, there's many a times where I enjoy myself and enjoy the things I like with people I like, and it's worth every penny so everybody that's my rant get on a mancation enjoy yourself don't take yourself so seriously you're really not that important and thank you so much for listening to the podcast because this is tremendous to have you on you could tell i'm fired up about the nfl draft and many other things so we're gonna take a quick break get our sponsors in here you're probably gonna hear about realitysportsonline.com one of my favorite fantasy platforms to play if you want to go hit that up and and if you hit me up on twitter i might even have a promo code for you i could help you out and you'll probably hear about my Believe in Lions show. Who knows what you might hear about? Sponsors always coming in and out. I don't know what's going on on the sponsor side. I'm just here talking football with the fans. And it's draft week, draft recap week, and I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. So everybody, take a quick listen to that. We'll be right back talking players, grades, mentality, new regime, excitement, everything that's going on with the Lions. Everybody, we'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, I am 
fired up. I am excited to tell you about one of our new great sponsors. Now, by now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, it's time to go see what the buzz in the Dynasty fantasy community is all about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, and so much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Do you think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can test your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. So here's what I need all you guys to do. Head over to Reality Sports Online. You'll hear me talk about it on the show and call it RSO. Head over to Reality Sports Online and check them out right now. Everybody, I want to take a quick pause and tell you about my other Lions podcast. Now, you know on this show, I serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid on Wednesdays and Fridays. But on my other podcast, that drops on Thursday mornings. That's called Believe. And that's spelled B-L-E-A-V in Lions. Believe in Lions with myself. And Lions legendary safety, Benny Blades. That's right. Me and Benny Blades chop it up talking football. He's hilarious. He makes me laugh. We get in a bunch of arguments. And, you know, he talks about the you all the time. But Benny also talks about the Detroit Lions. He was a great player on the field. He has great stories. Love his football knowledge across the board. We have a bunch of fun. So everybody, hit that subscribe button. Find it on your favorite podcast platform. Again, that's Believe in Lions with myself and Benny Blades on the Believe Podcasting Network. Check it out. We thank you so much for the support. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers? You, you know I got to fill up your glass here for the back half of the show. Drink it in, man. Drink that Detroit Kool-Aid, soon-to-be Super Bowl Kool-Aid. You know what I'm saying? But uh, so, I, so I got on a rant there, but that's okay. I, I do that from time to time. You know, I, I've been known when the name Calvin Johnson comes up or people tell me how bad the Lions are going to be. I go on a big-time rant. Um, and I and I went on one just to let you guys know that I had a blast on the NFL draft. I ate food I should never eat. I had a bunch of fun. I talked with a bunch of great people. Um, I do it once a year for a couple days. It doesn't ruin my life. It actually is tremendous. And that's just something I enjoy. So find what you enjoy and, and, and drink that in and do that up. So 
Here's what we're going to do, kind of rapid fire here on the back of the show. Finish out the draft, uh, give you my thoughts on Friday. Now, I think this guy is going to come through because he came through last time, big time. My buddy Chops, I believe Friday is coming back on the show. He's always opinionated. He's got lots to say about the draft. And last time I was nice to him because it was first time on the show. This time I might have to tear him up. We might have to get into some real big time arguments. That should be fun. So hopefully he'll be able to make time for the show and we can chop it up and talk football and laugh like we do as buddies as he saw last time when he told me man what a great time i was like i'm trying to tell you all you got to do is jump on and talk sports it's good times um so hopefully he'll be coming on friday we'll talk about some some more of this stuff but for now let's continue with the draft and i left off that 407 and that's my boy saint brown Again, a hard first name to pronounce, but I know his last name is St. Brown, and I know this kid can ball. I saw his pro day, what, probably a month ago, and he is on my radar a bit, but I can't say I'm watching USC football or I'm as tuned in, but I knew he had some pedigree. I knew he had put up some numbers, but when I saw his pro day, this guy... I mean, he's at the pro day with the shirt off, which is either a a, a great play, you know, um, or or it's a a tchotchke move. It's one of the two. But to 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 me, St. Brown was like he was ripped up and he was just out there working. This guy was just running routes like it was his, you know, his life depended on it. He was he, he just was compact and crisp. I was I, when I remember when I watched him, I was like, man, this guy looks and feels a lot like Golden Tate to me. He really does. Kind of the way he's moving around doing some things. So I I feel like this guy has that grit that Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes look for. I really feel like he's an intelligent guy as well. He's going to be able to read coverage and and be able to catch the ball under. He can also go up over the top. You go and watch his highlights. St. Brown, there's a lot of deep balls where he's tracking it well in the air and get behind the defense. So this is no nickel and dime, you know, only under the radar or under the uh, defense type of receiver. He can do some things. So I'm excited about this guy. And the reason I'm most excited is because I always preach to you guys about value. Draft, you got to find value. Brad Holmes said, I'm going to wait on receiver. I don't need to take a receiver at seven. All you Detroit Kool Aid drinkers out there, oh, you got to take a receiver at number one. Oh, how could you pass on, on these guys at number seven? The reason he can pass is because he went and got some big bodies, some some foundation pieces, some, some, some people movers pun intended, what up Detroit, and, and and then he he went ahead and got his receiver here in round four, what what pick is this, 407, so that's 112 overall, and he got himself a gritty, grimy slot receiver, now he can let Tyrell, Perriman, and Cephas figure it out on the outside, even him and Cephas can maybe split some, some interior type routes, and, and obviously they still need to add to that position, but it's just a really crafty move. I feel like St. Brown, you know, there's some things on tape where I was just kind of like, ah, I'm going to see if that translates or we'll see if he can he can really make some plays. But based on value, he's top receiver on the board for me at that point. Um, a nice little sneaky pick, and, and I liked it a lot. So I, I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm really hoping he can come in, um, win that role right away, and and do some nice things for him. All right, let's go ahead and move. So at 408, they they took St. Brown. And let's see here. That was that was 407, sorry, I see 112. But right after that, the Lions jumped up from the fifth round to 408. So back-to-back picks here. 
and took Derek Barnes from Purdue. Now I saw a couple reports. Oh, Derek Brown, Derek Barnes is a uh, he's a special teamer, a back. You know, I have seen some things online, on YouTube, on Twitter. Derek Brown, Derek Barnes. I'm calling him Derek Brown. Derek Barnes from Purdue can play some football. This guy started out at edge, then moved to off-ball linebacker. You watch some of his tapes, highlights. He can diagnose, man. He knows where the play is going, and he shoots the gap and gets there. And, oh, by the way, he makes the tackle, unlike some of the other guys that we've had that had athleticism. He's got long arms. He can make tackles. Is he going to miss plays from time to time? Sure. You know, but does he have absolute elite speed or coverage ability? No, I don't think so. But what he does have is that versatility you look for. If you can play a defensive end or middle linebacker, that's pretty that's pretty freaking awesome right there. And like I say, I jumped out of my chair when I saw some of his uh his tape where he just sitting there reading, uh exploding on guys, making great tackles, making sacks. There's times where he's reading coverage. He got his hands on a few footballs, a couple INTs. And then the clincher for me with Derek Barnes was his interview. After the fact, I, I listened to him for, I don't know, two minutes. I'm like, this is a future captain of the Detroit Lions. Um smart, physical humble good kid I I really think you know even if even if he learns under some of our current linebackers before you know it Derek Barnes is going to be a ball player and a future captain of this team if all goes well and I could see him starting real early in his career as well like having Collins in the middle you know him next to him either with two guys in the middle or kind of move to the outside and then the, um, between Anzalone and Reeves Maven and, and probably a couple other guys that we'll bring in before then um, I could definitely see that linebacker because I think this guy can play obviously Brad Holmes moved up to get him gave up a fourth round in, in 2022 draft to to move up that full round basically and, and get this kid and I saw an interview with Brad Holmes today, and they asked him straight up, hey, was it worth it to give up that fourth rounder to go get Derek Barnes? He was like, yes, it was. End of statement. Dropped the mic. Like, he didn't say anything after that. I'm like, yeah, the, the, he's got convic- conviction about this guy and feels good about it, and so do I. I, I really like a lot about him, especially his his overall character. So they did that. So they basically picked, you know, early in the fourth round, 113, and then did not have a pick until 257. They were able to get a seventh rounder back in that deal. And at 257, after a long, long wait, they went ahead and took uh, Jamar Jefferson, running back from Oregon State. This kid, I mean, thought he was going to go in the third or fourth round. He was underrated uh, running back by a lot of people. He's kind of a fantasy football sleeper in your rookie drafts. But... I mean, I don't mind it. I mean, I, I don't, but I don't love it. I, I feel like there were some other spots they still could have taken there. Um, it just depends what he does. You know, if this kid comes out and starts making dynamic plays and, you know, eventually replaces carry on and then it's Jefferson and Swizzle and uh, and our boy from, from Green Bay there. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, three young, young guys back there doing their thing. So... I uh, I don't know. Like I, I just think this draft was so solid. You know, you're just looking at beef up front. 
you know, still got a corner and a receiver, which are kind of more fringe positions, but still very important. And then you come back and you get this versatile, um, great character guy at a linebacker spot, which everybody knows we needed. And then you come back and you just say, screw it. We're going to take a we're going to take a running back because it's going to cost us nothing late in the seventh round. We think this guy can play and he should have been taken away earlier. So give us the value. So. I love this draft from top to bottom. I mean, if you guys are out there wondering, I did tweet it out, but I'll give it here quickly. My draft live on the clock when I'm working my boards and I'm trying to figure out the needs for the lines and who I would take if I was actually making these selections. I would have taken Penny Sewell at 111 or 107, sorry. I would have taken JOK, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. Um, at 209 pick 41 overall obviously I didn't know about the medical that came out talking about he might have heart issues of some sort but usually those end up shaking out okay you know when it's all said and done um, at 308, pick 72 overall, I would have taken Diami Brown, the wide receiver from North Carolina. I really liked him on tape as well as just a, I thought that was a dynamic value type pick at that point. At 338, 101 overall, I would have taken um, Jamar Johnson, the safety from Indiana. I liked uh, the, the turnovers that he had as well as just uh, seemed like the best safety value. And I feel like the Lions needed one or two safeties in this draft. So I took it late there in the third. I thought that was a good selection. 407, 112 overall, I took Brevin Jordan from the U. And uh, you guys know I always say that because that's that's for Benny Blade. Same with this sound drop. <laughs> He's always talking about that you because, I mean, I don't know. From time to time, he happens to mention on our other show, Believe in Lions, that's all about that you. Um, so, you know, I thought Brevin Jordan, you know, if, you, you're not, if you're interested in Kyle Pitts, I don't know why you wouldn't be interested in a guy like Brevin Jordan in, in middle round four, basically catch the football, made a lot of plays in college. You don't need him to block, just him and Hawkinson making plays kind of protects you if Hawkinson was to get injured. And at 408, with their move up at 113, I would have taken uh, Nixon, the big interior defensive lineman from Iowa. I liked his game as well as he just seemed to be sticking out like crazy at that point in the draft uh, when it came to, you know, ratings, production, you know, type of player that they could have used. And and then at, you know, 730, um, you know, seventh round, pick number 30, pick 257 overall. I just said screw it, and I took Dylan Moses, the linebacker from Alabama. How he goes from a top first-round prospect to undrafted, I will never know. Um, I, I, his medicals can't be that bad. He, people were telling me, oh, he can't run, he can't do this. Like, he, you can't go undrafted is what you can't do when a guy like that that came from that school and can can play the way he did. So he got snapped up by the Jaguars. I'm going to be keeping an eye, see if he does anything in the National Football League. But I thought that was just, hey, just take a linebacker. Um, maybe he can be a captain as well because, again, in this scenario, I don't have Derek Barnes. So I've got myself JOK who can fly over and be be that speed guy. And then I take Dylan Moses as my middle kind of meat and potatoes captain, uh, you know, no nonsense type linebacker in the middle. So that that's kind of what I would have done, you know, just based on my, my picks, trying to do them live, not wait till after the fact and do all this research and then tell you guys how smart I am. That's really what I was picking live. And who knows? We'll see how it works out. So that was the draft. Lions did great. I'm about to tell you how great they did because I'm about to give you some grades here. Listen to this, people. 
drink this in. Get yourself another glass of Detroit Kool-Aid, would you? Drink it in, man. L- listen to these grades for the Detroit Lions. Chad Reuter, NFL.com, B+. Ryan Fowler, the NFL, or the uh, Draft Network, A. Nick Goss, NBC Sports Boston, B+. Ben Rolfe, PFN, A. Vinny Iyer, A-. Uh, Cleveland.com, A. <laughs> the Ringer, A+. TD Wire, B. Pro Football Focus, A minus. USA Today, A minus. ESPN, B. New York Post, B. Sports Illustrated, what did they give them? B minus. The Score, A minus. Fan Side, B minus. Washington Post, B. The Draft Wire, B plus. And then what do we end it here with? An A from NBC Sports Edge. I mean, I gave some people named app and then I just didn't want to read all the names because I don't know half these people. But those are good publications right there. And the Lions averaged out. What is this? I think uh, this this was tweeted out um, by somebody online. Renee Bunger. I'm sure I messed up that last name, but that was a person I think that tweeted this out. Um, just a big old matrix. I just read it right across, so I didn't try to pretend I looked all these up. But um, the Lions, I believe they scored eighth best, 3.47 overall GPA when you're doing it kind of like grades in school. I mean, that's a hell of a grade. That'll pass you all day, every day. I think I saw Pro Football Focus had them a top five draft overall. Lots of people had them with an A grade, A, A minus, A plus. To me, if I had to throw a grade on it right now, I mean, it's a B to a B plus. I mean, you know I drink that Detroit Kool-Aid, so I'll just throw a B plus on it. I feel like it was a tremendous draft. Yeah, there's some question marks. Yeah, these some of these guys could get some hype and then not be able to play. But the other could happen as well. You know what I'm saying? This is what I always do here on the Kool-Aid cast is try to fire you guys up. Don't worry about what happened in the past. Don't be telling me, oh, well, they're just prospects. I don't know what they might do. Well, they might come in and ball out. This might go from a B-plus to an A-plus. Drink that in, everybody. Drink it in, man. So I'm just going B-plus because I know there are some some factors that come into play. This team is obviously kind of re-getting itself together in a lot of different areas, but... I'm thinking by years two and three, these big bodies up front, as well as Penny Sewell, is going to be rolling. The offensive line is going to be nice. D. Swizzle, Hawkinson are going to be ball players on this team for a while. That defense is really going to come together. So um, the Detroit Kool Aid is flowing. You, you can hear it in my voice. Drink it in, man. So th- there's the grades for you. Now, let me finish the show out with this. When we're talking about the fits they got. So they got a premier tackle. You can play him on either side. You could probably even play him inside if you needed to in a pinch. Penny Sewell is going to be a ball player. Am I ready to give him a gold jacket right now? No. I think there's still some maturing he needs to do as well as technique needs to get a little bit better. But Penny Sewell is a nasty ball player. I'm very happy to have him on my offensive line any day and twice on Sundays. Um, The other fits they got, I mean, yeah, they had a lot of bodies up front, but a lot of those guys are probably going to be off this roster before you know it. So Brad Holmes and Dan freaking Campbell, 
I mean, they said they're they're absolutely tired of watching this defense get run over. You've had enough of that shit. Exactly, Dan Campbell. You said we're tired of not being able to get push the pocket and get to the quarterback. You've had enough of that shit. They said, Detroit, it's time to get an offensive line that's dominant and a defensive line that's nasty, physical, and will get after you. They're tired of everything else we've had to watch the last decade plus here in this town. You've had enough of that shit. Exactly. So Dan Campbell's got himself a big old O lineman and two big old D lineman. You know what I think they might do? Maybe bite some kneecaps. You've had enough of that shit. We're going to bite a kneecap off. We're going to smile at you. We're going to take your other kneecap. We're going to smile at you. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. We're going to be the last one standing. All right. That's going to be the mentality. Exactly, Dan Campbell. That's the type of mentality these guys have. And then did you just load up on D lineman knuckleheads like your Rod Marinelli with his pick and his shovel? Hell no, you didn't. You went and got yourself a, a freaky athletic corner that's long and lanky. You went and got yourself a gritty, grimy receiver that I think could be here for years to come and possibly be a, be a fan favorite if he puts up numbers. You got yourself a middle linebacker that can play middle, outside, drop him down, have him rush the quarterback. And like I said, don't be surprised if he doesn't have that C on his chest or, or be out at center uh, center of the field when ball games start. Derek Barnes is a captain of this team. And then the other fit he got was another running back at no cost that could give you great upside. So they, they filled needs, but they didn't go crazy with it. So I like that. And let's talk about the mentality. Dan freaking Campbell and Brad Holmes brought in guys that love football, that also want to rip your face off. They brought in guys that I think won't be problems off the field. They also brought in a mentality that you don't have to sit in the draft room with your baseball bat and your hand over your over your mouth. You can actually whoop it up, have fun, and enjoy yourself because you love the type of football players you're getting and you love the game of football and you know what you're doing. <laughs> so I love the mentality. I love the excitement. And I think the guys are going to show that when they put on that Lions jersey as well. And let's just finish it out with character. Do I want ball players? Sure. But I need those guys to be healthy physically, and I need them to be good character guys. And I'm talking football character as well. I don't need, you know, 22 choir boys, but I do need guys that love the game of football, that are going to be good in the community, and aren't going to give me headaches, aren't going to, you know, be all about the money and everything else. So, like, I think we got good character. Uh, across the board in this draft. I'm really excited to see what these guys do. And, and these are going to be character guys that can also ball out, that can actually play. So does Brad Holmes still need to add some free agents? Yes, I'm excited to see what he does. Am I really excited now that I've seen one of his drafts to see what he can do with two first-round picks and in the next two years and a lot more draft capital that he'll probably obtain um, throughout the years as well? Yes, I'm set right now that I'm excited about Brad Holmes and Dan freaking Campbell. I'm excited about this young Lions team. And you guys need to be excited. So as much as I went on my mancation rant, and I told you you need to get your head out of your backside and enjoy yourself, you need to get all this SOL, all the Lions have never won. Oh, they're never good. It's not going to work. I'll believe it when I see it. You need to throw all that out the window as well. Because this team is getting 
turned around. It's getting flipped on its head. And by two guys that have our alpha mentality, they have moxie, they got swagger. These guys are going to be players type of guys. These these players are going to run through what they're going to love these guys. Why? Because they know what they're doing and they also aren't afraid to laugh with you. They're not afraid to chop it up with you. They're not afraid to be buddies with you, but also still know how to pull the strings when it comes to contract time and hey, what people's value are worth. But yes, these guys are going to be welcoming to players. They're going to go out and recruit play. They're going to be much more of a dynamic organization than when it was you're either a Patriot or you're not. Or, you know, Matt Millen didn't know what he was doing. But, you know, Mark Mayhew learned under the guy that didn't know what he was doing. Like, everybody, we're not there anymore. That's past history. So I'm here to tell you that if you're not excited about the Lions, you need to get excited about the Lions. If you don't have a big glass of that Detroit Kool-Aid, you need to find one. Drink it in now. Now. And drink it in. Because the Detroit Lions are doing some exciting things. I think we're going to have an exciting product. I hope and I'm pretty dang confident they're going to add more players that are going to be fun to watch before we get to the season. And even if 2021 is a little bumpy, 2022, 2023 are going to be real exciting. There's no reason this team can't be the new ferocious squad in the division. I'm excited. What a draft by this regime. Great players, positions of need, physical players. And we will get the the receivers, the other fringe positions figured out. But loved what they did. Loved the grades they've got. Love drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid and serving it up for you guys twice a week here, Wednesdays and Fridays. Drink it in, man. I mean, this this was a great draft. <laughs> I mean, we, we're going to hear a lot of this from Dan Miller when it comes to when this offense gets rolling. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! I mean, I always use it for AL, but we might just be saying this a lot next year. Oh, baby! <laughs> I I cannot wait for it. So, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I tried to entertain you, tried to give you some football, gave you a a rant or two, and tried to get you fired up about these players because I'm excited. Can't wait to see what else they do. I can't wait until football gets back and we get rolling with this new regime, new quarterback, new offensive players, new defensive scheme, new coaches, new draft picks. Oh, man. Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in, man. Take care, everybody. That's all I got for this episode of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Check me out on Friday. Same place, same time, and we'll drink it in then. Thank you guys so much for listening. Get hype about the Lions, everybody. Take care. I'm out. Drink it in, man.